podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Crackers. and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Fracca, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your humble host, Mr. Christian, and this week I am joined by an all-star cast of characters. I've got Glam, Farhi and Ellis. Uh, guys, how are you doing this week? All good, brother. All good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I think I'm um, starting the day off early on a nice note. Me and, me and yourself and Mike recording a nice interview with... Uh, the head of football for uh, for Bill, Mr. Christian Falk, which we'll get into yeah. later on in this pod as well. Give them a, a, a little sneak preek of what we've got on the old Patreon page. That really brightened up my day. So, uh, so yeah, some good stuff. Uh, obviously, before we kind of kick into the, the main bits of the pod, of, as usual, this week's episode of Cop and Fracas is proudly brought to you in association with partners over at Fanslide. What on earth is Fanslide, you might be asking? Well, Fanslide is the world's first live and in-play fantasy football game. You can play against your friends, us here at Cop End, and the rest of the Twitter fracas network for free and of course with your select games you'll be in chance with winning cash prizes that is cash prizes there's no no moral victories there are some cash prizes on certain games so the harder you work the more you'll be rewarded fahi i know you um they little go on the older lead crawley game this week on our fan side didn't you yeah man i i messed it up completely like <laughs> I, bra- I bragged on the pod last week on top 50 in the uk and then I swear to you, I've completely fluffed it, man. But again, we all thought Leeds would beat Crawley. Well, I True. didn't think Leeds would lose. So um, every time I put a Leeds defender in for a clean sheet, Crawley scored. Every time I put a Leeds <laughs> forward in to score, Rodrigo, um, who else did I put in? Rodrigo, Harrison came on second half, completely messed me up. Um, it, it was a nightmare. It's the lowest points tally I've ever had. And it was against a League, two, League One team. Um, I got 98 points, which was awful. But um, I'm back on it tonight for the United Burnley game. Um, I'm just going to cash in on Bruno Fernandes, man. If I'm going to cry from United getting top, I may as well win in something and hopefully I can win some money on Fanslide. Might as well do it with a hundred pounds to cry with. You know what I mean? Exactly. Get big Chris Wood. Get big Chris Wood on the side. See, you never know what happens. <laughs> um, I, I, I did the um, I did the Spurs game at the weekend. Spurs Marine, and I had the lad who rattled the crossbar for Marine. I generally thought I was in in with a banger there because the number seven, absolutely, yeah. I can't remember his name, but absolute rocket of a shot. Joe Art was absolutely bamboozled and confused by what was going on. So it's always a good experience when we jump on fans' slides. Uh, never know what you're going to get in terms of uh, who you activate with your players. But um, of course, we'll be on this weekend for the big game: uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United. So join on the fun. 
and first search Fanslide in the App Store and download today. Fanslide, don't just watch the game, play the game. Uh, of course, before we kind of jump into the pod, uh, we now have our own individual Cop and Fracas YouTube page. That's right. If you now search Cop and Fracas on YouTube, you will find the individual Cop and Fracas YouTube page while we're posting weekly video content. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up for you, and we can't wait to showcase that with you. Uh, of course, the first installment of that will be some clips from our interview with Christian Falk, as we mentioned earlier on. So that's some really good tidbits in terms of what we can expect from Liverpool transfer from not only this window but the summer as well so stay tuned and get locked in to the cop and fracas youtube channel today subscribe today fellas after that long long intro let's get stuck into it um we ended up playing a bunch of children on friday evening uh glad i'm gonna let you lead off with this one um the first 45 minutes of that game of football were possibly some of the worst 45 minutes i've ever seen from a professional football team ever your thoughts on that <laughs> do you know what? I, um, I I don't. I'll be honest. You, you know, I might differ. I don't think it was the worst. I'll be honest. It, it was the nature of the fact that we're playing against younger kids, yeah. and we expected we we did obviously dominate possession, but we just didn't expect us to see the goal. <laughs> and it's more the embarrassment than anything. Like as soon as that goal went in, I ain't gonna lie. I wanted to like the ground to eat me because obviously we're not losing. But it's just embarrassing. It feels like a loss that they just scored. Do you know what yep. I mean? It, the only way we would have even that if we won 21 nil. I mean, 21-1. That's the only way we would have evened it out. Do you know what I mean? Other than that, because the fact they scored, we went in at 1-1 at half-time. And then we brought on Thiago in half-time. I just think to myself, it's embarrassing. I was more embarrassed. You know, because we did obviously, we, 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 we did get the impression on the slope. But at the same time, the way they caught the, us out, their, their, their goal showed a lot of maturity and obviously is a quality finish as well. So, yeah, I was more embarrassed. I don't know about the other guys, but I was just more embarrassed than anything than the 45 minutes, mate. It was a really, you know what? Let's we, we, let's give let's give credit where credit was due. Villa Villa's um, mix of under twenty threes and under eighteens for that first half. Showed, yeah. I mean, and and across the whole ninety, really, they might gave a massive account of themselves. Um, it was a really well taken goal from from. Um, Laurie Barry in the first half absolutely had Reese Williams on toast for that game. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, <laughs> and you've got people like Anik telling me we've not got a centre-back issue. And then you want me, want me to have a look at that. Good Lord. Um, I'll, back, one. I, I'll back you on that, Anik. Don't worry, man. I'll back you on that. That's another, <laughs> that's another conversation, you know? <laughs> I'm not surprised one bit whatsoever <laughs> for that. But uh, no, you, you, to be fair, we, we've had that argument before and I think both sides make very good points yeah. um, to sit on the fence a little bit there. But it, it, the same problems reared their head from the games previously. And Fahey, I'll come to you on this. Um, it was a deep lying block from uh, Villa's, Villa's youth set up there. And you, just saying, you saw the same problems from uh, what was essentially a first string Liverpool team with a few tweaks and changes. Uh, just spamming cross into the box, being really static in possession, and the same problems just reared their head. Yeah, I think with this game, it, again, it doesn't matter if they're 28 or 17. We seem to come up against the same problems when it comes to breaking down low blocks. But um, <laughs> the the issue here was obviously our creative players, who who are our fullbacks, weren't playing that game. Yep. So we had Nico and Milner, and um, obviously that that doesn't exactly help us going forward. And that's where the midfield needs to take charge um, and kind of do the creating for the team rather than the fullbacks doing so. Um, the issue here was none of them wanted to take charge. 
the only one that wanted to was Curtis Jones, but it, every time he was about to do something, he hesitated and went for the safer option. Yep. And it started irritating me a lot because I just feel as if Wijnaldum and Henderson, although they're champions, they're, the way of the way they play is rubbing off on Jones now. So that bright spark that Curtis Jones brought into the first eleven, I think that's slowly being eaten away, and he's now turning into one of the system men. And um, say what you want about the system, yes, it's been successful, but I think the thing that we loved about Curtis Jones was his raw ability, his daringness, and I felt as if that game against Villa kind of showed me he's turning into a Klopp midfielder, solid, safe, doesn't want to take any risks when we needed him to take a risk. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've got to say about that, man. <laughs> it's, so, it's it's such a strange one with Curtis Jones because I think we've kind of going into that safe zone, as it were, as a midfielder. He's kind of looking for the safe option every single time, you know, in terms of recycling possession and not going that extra five, ten yards forward like, as his normal prowess was, which is one of the attracting features of him being a former winger and stuff. So it's so weird to see him kind of go into that Wijnaldum shell, which I'm going to kind of address it as. But then you saw him kind of be a bit more progressive with the ball. Um, yeah. And he gets, he gets the assist for Marnie's goal. And it's a brilliant ball in. So it's such a weird mixed bag. And I'm hoping he kind of just kind of gets a little bit... Com- it might be... It could be a confidence issue stemming from, you know, the issue that was from the West Brom game. So hopefully he gets a little bit more confidence back in himself. But it's it's the same old issues that reared their head, kind of just recycling and looking to push it out wide and put the cross in the box. It just didn't work at all. Um, and else, I'll come to you on this. He must have been so pissed off at them at halftime. Um, the fact that they came out early... Um, he made the sub right away. He took off Henderson, who was pretty diabolical in the first half, uh, with Junior as well. And he made the decision to put on Thiago in a game against Villa's youth. Again, I'm not going to take any credit away credit away from Villa's kids. They played really well. Um, and you saw, with Thiago coming on, the effect that having a more progressive and just... Yeah, I think progressive is just the right word for it, really. More progressive and advanced midfield it did for this for this Liverpool team. Yeah, I think Klopp was very livid. And um, I think he wanted a prof- professional performance from the lads. And at times, it looked like they were very lacklustre and very, very lazy. Um, speaking of Jones, there was a couple of times where he's taking one too many touches and, and he's lost the ball. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that was a side. Uh, Klopp, yeah, you have a right to be, um, to be livid because it wasn't really a good showing. Um, second half comes comes about and Thiago comes and you can see straight away what what the football is about. Get the ball, look up, see her and tackle in front of you, what, 15 yards and just give it to him quickly. And that's what we've been lacking from our game for the last few weeks. And, and that's what diff- that's what's the difference. And that's the difference he brings to the team. Someone that's a bit, um, brings a bit of ingenuity into the midfield who doesn't really, who doesn't really want to just lump crosses into the ball. He actually wants to try and play into the into the um, eighteen yard box and yeah so we could see the difference that he brought very he was very busy very lively he looked very sharp fair enough it was against kids but when you're playing these kids you got to show them who's the boss and obviously he's showing them like look if you want to be at this level this is the person you need to be like and it is Thiago um, going forward hopefully we see more of Thiago and we see more of that um, that play from from him I I believe he will start against Man United and, and that's what we need because against uh, West Brom, Newcastle, Fulham, first half at Villa, 
we can see that we really, really desperately need him. So, yeah, it was a good show. It's so poor, man. It's it so was. It's, it's, it's really bad, man. <laughs> it's because, like, all credit to Henderson. Everyone knows on this pod, I've got, I've got a lot of time for Henderson, but I've got a lot of time from Henderson. But he he does this thing where he gets it on the right-hand side and just does a lofted cross. Not even like any... It's not even a cross with... Purchase oh, but that do. that ball to the back post that he tries oh, every single time. He's just it, hoping for Mane, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Mane. So good, like, <laughs> like, like, Mane's like five foot one. <laughs> What's he, he gonna do? That, <laughs> loves that ball, though. He loves that looping. Well, he loves that little lofted. That he loves it. Thing, he loves it. it. Was doing, man. I, like I said, fam, I like Henderson and that, but that cross thing absolutely does my nothing. Obviously, in in principle, it makes sense, isn't it? Because that's what you do. Pull out to the wing. But the, it's just like the purchase of the cross. Like make it driven. Give it some. Give it some oomph. They let him do it now. They're like our opposition teams let him do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going off your pass, man. We'll yeah, get it in the air. <laughs> you know when I go for, I don't play golf, but when you see it, it's like one of them chips, lofted chip things, bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, man. And, and it, it it really um, doesn't help Liverpool because obviously we'll talk about the forwards and the forwards not the forwards not getting no service. I mean, you shift one way, you shift another, then some guy's just lofting it in to the back. What's the point? What is the point? And if you see, and in the second half, um, when Mane and, and Salah were like, dropping off short, they were getting the ball quickly and, and they were looking to drive at the defence. So that's what we need more of, man. Absolutely. Um, I think I thought it was interesting that they tried lots of second half as well. Um, re- regardless of what the team was going to be, I think it was always going to be this fairly strong uh, Liverpool team that was going to was going to come to the fruition. And it was interesting that he, when he put Shakiri on, it went to a 4-2-3-1. And Thiago with four attackers in front of him was quite fucking deadly. Um, so I, I wonder if that is something they're going to try and explore in upcoming upcoming games. And from the game against Burnley probably comes to mind for me in, in those ones. And possibly against Manchester United in the FA Cup, just to get a bit of rotation over people's legs. Um I mean, apart, apart from that, I can't really, really think of anything else positively we can kind of take from the game, apart from the fact that we did a professional job in the end and got got a got a four four one win. Um, it would have been nice to see a bit more appetite in the first half from some of the uh, from the first team players. Um, I thought Neko Williams gave a very good account of himself. Yeah. Um, but but again, it's you have to give all credit to Village youngsters there because in the first half they were they're absolutely fantastic uh, and they did the job that they needed to do and they can they can all go home uh, as they got picked up by their mums and dads which I thought was quite funny <laughs> and, um, big up Louis Barry man big him up yeah 100%. trust me also got to give a shout out to uh, Arjun Reiki mm-hmm. as well British Punjabi player you know we are here we're going to come take over you know what it is you know the vibes <laughs> <laughs> the brothers finally <laughs> <laughs> just, just a shame there wasn't it is saying that the, the, the uh, it's just a shame that the old Punjabi villains were in the stadium because that would have that would have gone off, mate. It would have been like a bloody Mela at a fucking um, Villa Park. <laughs> so that would have been a that would have been quite fun. Um, um, one of the things that did we will lead into now is we have a we've actually got a fairly important fixture coming up. I don't know if anyone's heard about it. It's uh, quite a quite historically famous game uh, against a bunch of bastards known as Manchester United, um, and we played them Sunday at half past four. Um, Fahi, we will, uh, Fahi, I don't know if you want to provide a little bit more context on some of the stuff we'll be doing on Friday on the lead up to the game. Yeah, so th- there's going to be a live YouTube um, 
recording of Copend versus Mugger um, is going to have some of your favourite castmates from both podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to release the names of who's going to be on, but it will be on Friday evening. Um, time to be uh, time is going to be confirmed by tomorrow. Um, I think it's going to be around eight or nine o'clock, but yeah, it's going to be big. Uh, Tobes from the Tottenham Hotspurs um, podcast is going to be hosting it. Um, yeah, get ready, man. It, it, it's a war. It's a war. We've been jumping into their discords. They've been jumping into ours. All sorts of things going on, man. They don't want the smoke, man. They don't want the smoke. Because we're usually the polite ones. We're usually the polite ones. You know, we, we keep you know it I mean? professional. But this time round, we, we've been running in there like NWO taking over. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, fr- Friday Friday night, we'll see what happens. Beat me to it, man. It kind of reminds me of when uh, DX invaded uh, WCW. That's the kind of vibes we're going to be on for Friday. So, you know, it's, it's locked down. We want to give you guys as much entertainment as we can. So please do tune in on Friday to our conversation with the Mugger Mafia. Um, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, but Glam, I'm going to come to you for this. Um, it's a fixture that I personally hate because growing up, it's a fixture that Manchester United always seemingly somehow managed to get a a win, whether it be Diego Forlan, uh, Rio Ferdinand with last minute headers, fucking John O'Shea. There's always some form of battery that goes around that game, and it's always someone in a Manchester United shirt that does it. It'd be a nice change of pace if I don't know. Neko Williams came on the 92nd minute and scored the winner. That'd be funny. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? That'd be one of those things that you can etch in Liverpool history and say, that was funny and that happened. Um, so how are you feeling um, going into the game this weekend? Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm confident through the fact of the, the magnitude and the, the nature of the game. Like, it's a massive game, man. And it's even being built up. Obviously, they haven't kicked off at the moment. But if they go in that game on top, you know, them guys in the dressing room have got to be motivated, man. They, they shouldn't be nowhere near on top. I don't, yeah, we've had our injury problems and, and so forth, but they should be nowhere near us. And that's, that's our own doing. Obviously, we have some poor results, but going into the game, we should beat them. I'm, I'm always saying that we should beat them. Fuck the Muga and shit and lot anyway. They, they, they're a bunch of idiots. But, you know, um, we should beat them. And hopefully, handsomely, we will, because I'm telling you, when we beat them, <laughs> I got I got a hit list. I got a hit list to terrorize people, man. I don't want to hear nothing from nobody either. You know what I mean? I'm confident. I love it, man. The list of glam. <laughs> I'm imagining glam just running to different different group chats and going, you know what? You just made the list. Um, <laughs> Fahi, how are you feeling going to this weekend's fixtures? And I think more importantly as well. Is there anything different you'd maybe do with the team lineup wise? Obviously, we saw Robertson get a much needed rest. Um, Wayne Alden wasn't afforded that same uh, same liberty, and probably played like he wasn't afforded that liberty uh, in the bloody game because he was he wasn't that good. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you do you you'd obviously play Thiago from the beginning. But is there anything else you do lineup wise to kind of throw a bit of a spanner into the works for what Manchester United might expect? I honestly wouldn't. Um, I, I would leave it as it is. But yep. my worry now is, just thinking back to what happened against Villa, um, obviously Reece Williams didn't help himself. So <laughs> yeah, he didn't. <laughs> I don't, he didn't help himself. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've got to take that L for him. I tried to big him up and tried to back him and he fucking let me down. But I, I, I don't have a clue who is going to play a centre-back. I don't know yeah, what we're going to do. We're hoping... 
I know the, the noise out of the club is hopefully Matthew. that. And yeah, um, yeah. This this again, we we can't trust this. We yeah, can't we trust can't this trust guy. It. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, if Matty is back, it's great. I'm, I'm more than happy with the team itself. I think ultimately we we just need that creative spark, and I think Robertson needed a much needed rest. Agree. So did Trent. Trent needed some time out. Like he needed some time out to kind of compose himself and look at himself in the mirror, like yo. I'm a big man. I've won a Champions League and a Premier League, and I've been playing like this. I've been playing like Wan Bissaka. Like, I, I need to sort myself out. So you know, uh, ho- hopefully, ho- hopefully on Sunday, um, the main eleven are on it, including Thiago with uh, midfield of Wijnaldum and Hendo. Um, I think the main thing for us, we need to be energetic. There needs to be urgency. This is the game where there needs to be urgency. And Agreed. what's going to help us is the big break that we've had. And I know usually we're not good after a break, but during this COVID period and the fact that United are playing tonight, we've we've got more in our energy bank. Like We should be able to run them ragged on the pitch, and that is how we're going to beat them. Um, so from minute one, I don't want to see calm, composed football. I want to see helter-skelter, rock and roll football because this is the game where you need to do it. Because if you don't do that, if you play composed, if you if you let them sit back and if you try and break them down with a Henderson lofted pass at the far post, we are not <laughs> going to win and Fernandez is going to get us on the counter. So um, yeah, this is the game I want us to run, run, run them ragged. If there is any lofty passes, I just saw L's face, and he generally might come down for the rafters like Sting and visibly <laughs> assault him. Um, <laughs> it's mad, because he was doing it so much in the bloody Southampton game. I was like, how are you doing this at centre-back? This is just ridiculous now. Um, but I, I completely agree with what Fahey said. I'll kind of flip the point back onto you, Els. We know how Man United are going to set up in this game. And it's a tactic that's you know, worked well for them for the majority of the season in most of their games. It's to sit back, absorb pressure, and then break on the counter with you know a mixture of... Uh, we can only we can assume from a lineup point of view it's going to be uh, Bruno Fernandes um, and then some form of front three, which might end up being Daniel James, uh, Martial and Marcus Rashford. Um so we know how they're going to set out and they're going to break on the counter-attack from that point of view. Um, do you agree with Fahid that we just need to be extremely energetic and move as quick as possible from the very start of the game? 100%. None of this lofty pass bullshit. Yeah, no, 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 100%. We need to um, move the ball as quick as possible. Um, also, with Matic playing, hopefully we can push up the push up the pitch like five or, five or six, ten yards, which will allow us to press... If we can press and get onto their toes, that will that will afford um, us the luxury of playing football in their half and also putting pressure on um, McTominay and Fred because they're not they're not the best players under pressure. That will just get us closer to the, closer to the goal. So yeah, I agree with Fai 100. percent We just need to play as quick as possible. We have to be urgent and we have to be very very um, determined in what we're doing. Uh, first few get, like the games we mentioned before, the West Brom's and whatever, we were very slow, very turgid in our in our play. So yeah. we need a performance yeah. like Wolves, Wolves where we came out of the trap and we absolutely just bamboozled them. They didn't know what hit them. We just moved the ball too quick. We, you know, we were just on on top of them for ninety minutes. So that's the type of game we need. And um, with Trent and Robertson getting the break, hopefully that will help them. Um, Bobby got a little bit. I think how, how long was Bobby on on Friday? Like fifteen minutes. So he's got a bit of a yeah, fifteen twenty minutes. He's got a bit of a rest. Uh, Sadler come off early, so the front three should be should be fresh and ready. Um, yeah. Back. So hopefully, the, the, my main thing is I just hope that Matic plays because if Matic plays, then it affords us 
like I said, at least like five, ten yards just to push up the pitch a, a bit. And somebody who can break the line, either dribbling or or passing. Completely agreed. And I think one of the, one of the key takeaways, we, what we can take from that Aston Villa game was kind of when Thiago came on uh, and Shakira was in that mix as well, how they kind of just had the attacking play between the attacking players and took a look at a lot of the onus off the fullbacks. So a lot of the stuff was going through Thiago and the combination plays in the balls across the floor as opposed to being lofted in the box from each and every single flank. Um, which is a lot better. It broke Villa. It broke Villa down again. I do have to caveat that it was Villa's children. Uh, we may cry, um, but but yeah, it just shows you what the way that this Liverpool team plays football is, and the way that they will get success in this upcoming game is by playing like that, or instead of defaulting to spamming crosses from the wingers, uh, well, from the attacking fullbacks, and that's the way that we need to, need to be from the weekend. Um, kind of looking at this game as well. It's such a shame, Glamour, I'll come to you with this. It's just a shame that we've just not got a crowd for this game because we I mean we had a crowd for the Wolves games, we had crowds for we had crowds for the fucking West Brom game. I mean if there's one if there's if there's one if there's one game I wanna swap that we got a crowd for, it's this one. And it's such a shame that there's not gonna be any fans just hurling the most random abuse of players and trying to set offset people off games. Yeah, no, um and I'm, I'm I'm missing crowds, I'll be honest, man. I miss I think a lot of the games that we've had uh, we could have done with a crowd with the extra push. But this game in particular, let's call it a top... For now, let's call it a top-of-the-table passion for now. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be live everywhere, man. In Asia, you know, the, the money coming in, rolling in revenue. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy we ain't got no crowds because I think the expectation right now for the boys, they just need to understand what's going on with the game, man. Like, we're on a poor battle run of form. Uh, man United, obviously, might be top of us. And I just think that we just need a good result. We're going to a good result, good performance, and we need to start our season from now. I don't want no more fuckery, no more silly, silly errors. I mean, I know we've got issues, obviously, with um, our injuries and so forth, but we need a good performance, man. We just need to just push on from here. So, definitely, no, crowd will be missed, but at the same time, I think it might work in our favour. It's a weird one as well because, I mean, we're nearly, what, a year removed from the kind of reverse fixture against United as well. Mm-hmm. But that was that game where Anfield absolutely just went into ruptures as soon as Salah scored that goal. So it's going to be a stark contrast in terms of the emotions from that game. Um, Chris, how do you feel about it? What, you, like, what, do you want, what do you want to see from the lineup? If, if you want to see any changes at all, how do you want us to approach it? I kind of feel the same as you guys, really. I, I, we, need to make it, we, we definitely need to make a strong start out of the traps. Um if we are slow, stagnant, and let the game come to us in the first 30 minutes, it's just going to fall back into the, the same natural patterns, isn't it, really? Um, and in any, I say in any other season, we probably take a point. We can't really afford to, because there's going to be such a massive momentum swing in by winning this game. Mm-hmm. Um, because first and foremost, it will kind of dent United's confidence a little bit. Which you definitely want because they're on a they're on a really good they're, they're on a really good run of form and we want to end that. Um, I said this to Mike and Alice the other day. It's their form at the moment is very reminiscent to how we went on that unbeaten streak in fourteen fifteen, and uh, that streak was ironically ended by Manchester United. So if we could do the exact same thing to them, that'd be absolutely fantastic for me. Uh, in terms of lineups, I'm not expecting any big, big, big surprises. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Sitting, I'm not going to say. I'm expecting the Rigi's to make a surprise appearance on the pitch. Um, far from it. I mean, the only kind of midfield conundrum for me is whether we play Thiago as a more 
a, a more attacking eight option, or whether he plays as number six. Because I think for this game, uh, looking at how Bruno's going to be a bit more attacking and stuff, I think it's a perfectly tailor-made game for Georgie. You know, one hours of playing the six. What do you guys think of that? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. But, I mean, yeah. But I mean, but it's a game where, look, I'm a big Eddie Guerrero fan, and it's one of those games where we have to come out of this with by any means necessary, lie, cheat, and steal to get all fucking three points. Yeah, viva la raza, viva. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you know, I, I know a few of us were kind of like, well, why is Klopp saying this about penalty decisions and stuff like that going into the game? Hopefully, a few seeds have been planted in terms of you know we're not getting the rubber of the green with penalties and stuff, and you know, crowd or not. If there's an incident where it's just to be a penalty, we should probably yeah. get the fucking penalty, um, which would be a nice change of pace. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be nervous as usual, but just because of the mental scarring from years gone past. Yeah. But yeah, let's just hope we can get going, go go going to our, our own home and bring back all three points, and then really make that the catalyst point for the second half of the season. Just quickly, so sitting there now, will you guys take a point now? Honestly, no, no. no. Uh, no, no, we we need to win it. Um, drawing that game is like a loss ultimately because it, it doesn't help us, especially with the running we've got and the running they've got and the running City yeah. have got. We need yeah. to be winning that game. We need to make a statement asap because we're the, the way we're playing. We're probably going to drop some points in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. So games like this where there's a differential to make up, we need to beat them. Agree, agree. One hundred percent, man. Especially with, the, I mean, we we looked at the schedule yesterday and the way it's just packed in now, um, and that's kind of including that February uh, Champions League fixture as well. There, there's just no, I mean, the margin for error is all always slim in this league, um, and it's just gotten even slimmer by the fact that we've had poorish results in the past week. So we need to be on it. We need to get all three points and push on from there. Really, I got um, a question. I got a question. One, sorry, oh, Chris. No, no. So, so a lot of people are, are after Shaq's cameo appearance against Villa. They're huh. saying that you know, you you, you know, we, we should potentially start with Shaq um, against United because he's a creative spark, which he is. I can't deny that. What are your thoughts? Would, would, would you ever take a risk like that? Because I, I know you like to think outside of the box sometimes. You come in from left field. What are your thoughts on starting Shaq? I would start. I wouldn't hesitate starting Shaq. I'm I'm okay. just I'm, I'm just in a loop of. Who and where? That that's 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 my that's my problem. But I I've I've no problem starting chat. He's a big game player, man. This guy, you know what I mean? He, <laughs> he, he makes me sick, man. I yeah, he's he so you know, like, he just you know what I mean from winning stuff from Bayern Munich to like he's, he's just he, he he knows about these occasions, man. And I'm, obviously the last two braces that he scored was he against Man United when he come on, he changed the game completely, man. <laughs> two deflected game. goals. Yeah, <laughs> I hate like, him so much. He's like, he's a really completely I hate him. And I, I, he did, he, he did, back, he did. But at the same time, I don't know whether he would have that impact starting from the start. That's the thing. I don't think he would no, have. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. You know what I mean? That's it, yeah. You know what I'm saying to you? That's that's the thing, though. I don't. It, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's better for him to come from the bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll go with that way. Yeah, yeah for sure. Agreed. It, it's yeah. mad, man. He, he came on on Friday, spazzed on a bunch of kids, and everyone's like, "Yo, you need to start him against United." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, not again." <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking in the old Discord group, Anik and Stan um, were like they were they were celebrating, going, "Yeah, Shakiri, it's the fucking go!" And I was like, oh, "No, come on, you've been brainwashed that much, lads. Come on, this serious football and enterprise here." <laughs> no, that, you know what I'm saying with Shaq is that 
less than Naby Keita theory where we know he's a good player, he's just never fit. Um, but with Naby is that we know he's a really, really good player and he has the mm-hmm. ability to be a player in Arsenal. Is Naby back? Nah, man. He's in a village somewhere, bro. Fucking hell, bro. I read something earlier that so, they might be. I read something earlier that they might be um, intending in leaving him out um, of a few games, just so he can kind of get back off the full fitness. Oh, well, just a load of shit, man! I hear that yeah, every year. Yeah, yeah, fuck this, man! <laughs> I hear, I heard this in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty two. Fuck this, man! Bro, this is his fourth. This is going to be his fourth year. Yeah, yeah, I've it. And, and and we have seen absolutely nothing. So um, yeah. Well, going back to Shaq, it's more of like he's very good. Last first, I'm uh, sorry, last thirty minutes of games where opponents tire and can pick up those spaces, and he's very intelligent in between the lines, and that's what you need. Um, like I said to Glam in a group chat um, on a, one of our more calmer conversations, um, I said to him, um, "Well, like, he, he's a good player, but he's just not intense over the ninety minutes, and that's what you need. Like when you look at the front three." On form or not on form, they're still intense. Like they're still running. You have Salah, like you might be running for ninety minutes. You might be running into players, but you won't stop running. Same as Mane yeah. and same as Firmino. It's like he's a good player, but he doesn't want to do that running, man. He's got hair to protect. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got he's got things to do. So he's not really on on that like aggressive stuff. So good player, but nah, man, we can't live and die by Shaq. Definitely the impact player that you probably want to bring on. Uh... 75 just to see if we can uh, get a bit more attacking prowess in there um, but yeah as we mentioned earlier on uh, myself Farhi and Mike who isn't present um, had a lovely conversation with the head of football uh, at Built, Mr Christian Falk uh, we discussed pretty much everything um, from Deat Upamakano to David Alaba to Jen Sancho to uh, Dennis Zachariah so for the full conversation, if you want to hear that in full, please do head over to our Patreon page. That is uh, patreon.com forward patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas and subscribe today from as little as three pounds per month and you will get exclusive access to this interview that we did with uh, Christian Falk this morning. Um, but without further ado, here is a short snippet of our conversation we had with Christian. Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of Cop and Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and today I am joined by Farhi and Mike. Gents, how are you doing? All good, thank you. All good. All good on my end as well, thank you. Good stuff, that's what we like to hear. Um, absolutely delighted to say that we're joined by um, Head of Football Writing for Built, uh, Christian Falk. Christian, how are you doing today? It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast with us. Hello to England and hello from Bavaria. I'm fine. We have snow here. I think you're not again, so <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Um, just a few quick questions before we kind of dive into to the real conversation. Um, obviously, the, the COVID situation over here is kind of just increasing so uh, exponentially. And it's really having an effect on the Premier League in terms of the cases contracted and games being postponed. So just out of curiosity, from um, the standpoint in the Bundesliga, coming back off the winter break um, earlier in the year um, and the current situation there. So how is the German Football League kind of handling the COVID situation at the moment? So we are very lucky. Everything is working at the moment. Of course, the several players always, uh, which are positive in COVID, but um, you don't have to miss uh, matches. Uh, everything is going on. 
So we were the first league to start and um, when the first time it happened. So we are very happy that uh, the Bundesliga is still running and uh, we do our best that it's going on. Now that's what we'd like to hear. Um, so just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became kind of like the head of football for Bill as well, your, your, your path and your career. Yes, I started at a time when you were staying uh, on the pitch directly, <laughs> watching the players, talking with the players before the training, after the training. So there was no, there was internet actually, but uh, not in the media so popular, so. And there was a press conference, uh, you was writing uh, everything in your blog, and, and then you were telling in your office, and then publishing the next day. So this, yeah, this time now, it's everything a little bit quicker. <laughs> so, but it's, it's, it's fun, and uh, you know, um, there's so many news, and uh, we are, have so many more opportunities uh, to write, and also to see information also, because the players are publishing themselves. Uh, their Insta stories, and we are looking behind them because uh, they don't post everything, uh, just which is uh, good for them. So um, we have a look on everything. How have you really found that journey, uh, obviously, over the years of covering football from, I mean, you see it now, the most in-demand thing at the moment is transfer rumours, and people want them on a daily basis. They want a daily updates. So how have you found that transition from kind of like weekly columns to consistently, uh, not even daily, but hourly updates on certain situations? You know, um, that's the point. Yeah. There are so many information because um, everybody can write everything. So um, I think in the former days, uh, I told you um, the journalist uh, could uh, choose um this is an information or that is an information we will publish just this one, which is true. And uh, now there's so many informations around and you can't uh, answer everybody or every follower to every rumor, you know. And uh, then uh, I just started because <laughs> at, at the beginning, I just uh, tried to write as much as I can to give the right answers. And then I saw uh, there's so many <laughs> news. Uh, I can't write uh, all the time, everybody, uh, which is uh, true, uh, which is not true. So uh, I started to just uh, tell the people this is true or this is not true, and it makes it much easier <laughs> because sometimes uh, you can explain something, but you can't explain every time, everything. And um, there are many, many uh, journalists which are doing a very, very good job. Uh, you know, Fabrizio Romano from Italy, he, he's a very, very informed journalist and everything. Uh, on my point, I concentrate on the German market and the big transfers because uh, I have to do some other things also for <laughs> newspapers and magazines, so I can't uh, write on every transfer. But uh, I think in the transfers, which are for us important, and uh, I try to do my best. And uh, my second thing is uh, watching the Premier League, of course, because we have a few German guys there. We were watching on the bench, if it's a coach or manager, you say, or a player, and uh, I like your league, so this is a kind of hobby also. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, every Liverpool fan was hinging on your every word during the Thiago transfer, waiting for that it's true and it's not true, and, the, and, the, and the, it's not true. So, so let's dive into a few things and find out what is true and what's not true. Um, so it would, it would be a pretty, pretty much an understatement to say that Liverpool are currently in 
dire need of a centre-back after long-term injuries uh, during the season to obviously Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez and some recurring injuries to Joel Matip as well. Um, so what, what Bundesliga defenders would you expect uh, this Liverpool team to be in the conversation for, um, not only in this current winter window, but also in the summer window as well? Um, I heard you mention names such as uh, Deas Upamakano and Ibrahim Konate from Red Bull Leipzig, but there's also other names out there such as Schalke's Ozenkabak and potentially a wild card option. I know he's out of favour of Bayer Leverkusen at the moment, but possibly Jonathan Tarr, who Liverpool have had an interest in in the past? Yeah, Tarr is a player which uh, it's a, he's a riddle for for every German journalist. Um, you know, um, he was um, he could have been the next Jerome Boateng. Uh, he, they're also friends, and I think the style is not uh, completely different. Uh, he has also now um, uh, own series uh, in Germany on the Zoom. Um, so you see that everybody is uh, thinking that he can make his way. But uh, in the last uh, weeks and months, perhaps a year, uh, he's not performing so well. So I'm, I'm not sure if he's really a target for for Liverpool. Uh, I knew that uh, Chelsea had him on a shortlist for, I think, one or two years. And uh, they never bought him. So there are reasons <laughs> why they didn't. Um, I, I know that he want to make the next step into into Premier League. Uh, there were always rumors with Arsenal, London, and United uh, watch him as well. So uh, Klopp is a, is a manager who can make players better. I think he also sees what Ta could be, but I'm not sure uh, if he will do it because uh, Ta has a price which is uh, not so <laughs> not so. Uh, less money, so uh, I'm, it's a little bit of risk. I see. I think there are people on the market which are cheaper. You know, there were always contact uh, also to Kabak, which is also a promise. But you you never know if if, if Liverpool um, wanna wanna give some money on him because um, there were also interests of of Milan uh, and they tried to get him and they offered uh, 15 uh, till 20 million euros and it was not enough for Schalke. So I don't know if uh, <laughs> the price is okay. So I heard uh, also now in winter the club uh, was was uh, doing talks on the German market for for defenders. But you heard when he said that uh, they won't do anything this transfer market. I'm I'm not sure if there's a window which is uh, a player and he's not so expensive. Uh, perhaps we have to say it wasn't true, <laughs> but <laughs> at the moment I think it is true. But uh, he informed himself and he made talks, uh, but uh, you know the situation is very complicated in these days. And also Bayern Munich is not buying any players this winter, so we will have to see. But if there's a chance, um, perhaps they do something because, uh, you know, better than me, they have problems in this position. But uh, perhaps they're waiting till till summer because there are big transfers and uh, you have this Upamecano where many, many Premier League clubs uh, are watching him, also Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich, uh, I think, won't pay this 40 million euros. So there's a big chance uh, that uh, Premier League can do something because the normal way would be to go to Bayern Munich. That's often like that, that the first step to a big club is stay in Bundesliga and go to Bayern Munich. But uh, I think Upamecano uh, would like to play for Premier League. So let's see. When I sit far to the rain, I'm going to go hard, that's 
Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover arts, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow Hustle is an open door to levelling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Christian, over the past few years, a, a trend that's happened is young English players moving over to the Bundesliga in search of regular football to aid their developments as well. Bayern Munich have obviously looked at some players like uh, Hudson Odoi, Aaron's. You obviously have Masala at the club already. Do you see this trend continuing, or is it going to be complicated now that Brexit's obviously uh, coming to play? I think it's it's getting complicated to get uh, the Germans or the, the Bundesliga players into the Premier League, of course, uh, if they are not a national player, you know, there are some rules, uh, and this is a big problem, especially for talents. Uh, I think the other way around is doing very well. <laughs> it's not good for your league. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, um, you know, the, the young players saw that they have a big chance in Bundesliga to play, and I think this is the most important thing for such players, and you see uh, Sancho was coming and uh, it worked. Uh, Bellingham was seeing that it worked at Sancho, so he was coming as well. So I think uh, this will continue this way from England to Germany, from Germany to England. I think it will be a problem, especially for talents, but uh, not in the case of a Sancho or a Haaland or a Zakaria. So um, I think um, it's, um, yeah. So we, we educate your players. <laughs> just a few, we've got a few fun questions for you, Christian, before we kind of sign off on the pod. Um, the kind of some quick fire questions. So um, who do you say your favourite, um, your, your current favourite player is on this Liverpool team at the moment? 
<laughs> ah, it's difficult. You have so, such brilliant players. I think um, um, I always loved uh, Milner because he's, a, he's for me, is a kind of soul of Liverpool. I like such players, uh, which are giving everything for the club, uh, fighting, perhaps not have so many skills like other ones, but uh, I think uh, he has enormous mentality, and I think this is so important for every club. If he's now playing a starting eleven or not, doesn't uh, makes the big difference in this way. Um, I think um, Sadio Mane. I met him a few times. He's such a great guy, and I think uh, he's playing so so well. And uh, often, I think he don't get the the fame for his for his uh, kind of playing and what he's doing on the pitch for this club. And uh, he, when we were sitting together, he was. Uh, telling me about his way and where he's coming from and uh, he wasn't coming from a football academy like the other players and uh, he, well, I was asking I was asking and it was so interesting when he when he said he, how he started in Africa and uh, and what he had, had to do to go to a, a professional football club and he always said uh, is this really interesting for you no nobody asked me before this is interesting uh, you don't want to talk about Liverpool or so and, and I think this this Shows what what kind of, of human he is. Uh, he's so based and uh, always funny and friendly and playing like a superstar. Uh, I love him. He's a great guy, and we're really looking to have him at the club. Um, who's your favourite footballer to watch from a purely entertainment point of view? So it could be any footballer that you just enjoy watching. You enjoy seeing him on the pitch for ninety minutes. Hmm, this is a different question. I didn't. Find thought about it it's uh, <laughs> it's it's an old player I love still it's Frank Ribéry when you, when you have to see him um, you have to see him in Florence when he's, he's not injured and playing because uh, there are some players which are brilliant like uh, Messi but uh, Messi often I saw him in the, in the stadium where he was standing around 40-50 minutes and did nothing and then he was brilliant um, you see Ronaldo which is playing the whole game Really, really good, really good. But uh, Ribéry is, is playing both. He's playing something spectacular, you know. But he's a fighter. He's not just uh, playing for for the show. Uh, that's why I watch him really, really well. Uh, as a football journalist, I like also to watch players like uh, also Tony Kroos, which he is the most not spectacular player in the world. But he's never losing a ball. He's uh, playing like a, a, a clock pitch, 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 and it's never losing the ball. Also very interesting. Uh, I think the best player uh, you can watch at the moment is Manuel Neuer. It's amazing. Uh, I think there has never been a, a better goalkeeper any time. And I saw Khan, and I saw a few others. Uh, he's now uh, nearly at the end of his career and is getting better every year. And uh, this is great. You know, I see a lot of Bayern Munich playing players and games, so I like to see Lewandowski, of course, also. But um, yeah, there's so many I could talk for hours. It's uh, great. Football is uh, the best game in the world, so <laughs> so many players. Which uh, well, that, we'll have we'll have to get you back. We'll have to get you back on a podcast to talk about our favourite footballers <laughs> for an hour. That could be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so, which um, which current Liverpool player do you think would be the best fit for this um, Bayern Munich team at the moment? I mean, you look at them; they're probably 
the highest performing teams in Europe at the moment. So it's it's the finest margins in terms of which player will get into which team for me. Yeah, so if we, we could uh, have your virtual one dike, we <laughs> to, to, to take him uh, now and not uh, in the summer or winter. <laughs> yeah, for our for, for Bayern Munich's defense, I think for every defense, he would be brilliant. He would be great, but uh, also if uh, yeah, if Salah or Mane could also play in the system very well, you know, uh, it's really really interesting. And I told you that um, we would like to have Kater. Uh, and uh, they wanted to don't to sell Thiago, so that would, who would fit in in both teams, you know. Um, but if you ask me like that, I think. Uh, but it's not a surprise. It's much one day. <laughs> we we did think as much here, Virgil. Um, so it's kind of looking to the summer as well. Obviously, the was hoping that there's going to be a Euro tournament. Um, how do you see Germany looking for this for this upcoming tournament as well? Um, so I didn't get a European Championship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for it, of course, like every, everybody at the moment. And you know that uh, we have a uh, few games like the big countries. Uh, also, we have in Germany, Munich. So uh, I booked my hotels uh, <laughs> last year and I will book it again this year. So uh, I think it would be a very, very interesting tournament. I don't know how it will be with the fans. I think this is the most uh, thing I will miss if I'm not in a place where a whole country is in this mute, but perhaps there will be many countries in, in this uh, atmosphere. We will have to see if it's like that. Uh, I'm not sure how it will be, uh, or how it will be played, if it's played in every town we, we thought. So the finals are in London, you know. So I booked also hotels there last summer. <laughs> but I have to cancel and I liked this hotel very much, and it was a good price. <laughs> I <don't laughs> get him again. <laughs> so um, I would love to be, and I, I'm really missed to be in England. Uh, I think uh, uh, I always when I come to your country, um, I can watch perfect stadiums. Don't uh, don't buy, don't build every stadium new. They're perfect like they are. Um, please <laughs> try to to keep them like Enfield. I think Enfield made it perfect. Uh, that they have the old Enfield in the new Enfield. It's yeah. uh, really, really a nice stadium still. Not every, I won't mention some clubs, but <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you, if you haven't been, it was not a new stadium, so I can say that. So if you're uh, sitting at West Ham and watching the match at the Olympia Stadium, uh, you could cry uh, when you thought it like it was before. So I, I hope to be in summer at the European Champion in the finals in London, and I hope to get there earlier for Champions League but uh, we have to see we have to wait And uh, but I miss the Premier League to be true Christian I've got one final question for you and um, I, I kind of want you to put all of your eggs in one basket and just kind of give me your prediction so we know that Liverpool as a club love looking at the Bundesliga four players if you could think of one player that could possibly end up at the club between now and the end of the summer, who would you say? I think there's, a, at the moment, uh, the biggest chance on Upamecano, of course, because you need a player in this position. Uh, there are contacts. But um, often it's a, a big surprise at the end which players will come, but 
I think this transfer market, as I told you, is very quiet. But uh, Liverpool will buy on defender. And the best on the market in summer will be Opamecano from Bundesliga. So perhaps we see him at, at your place. Otherwise, Bayern Munich is taking him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. End it on a really nice, optimistic note. Uh, Christian, massive thanks to join us today uh, on this podcast. Uh, we'd love to have you back at some point in the near future as well to discuss just, just football in general, really. Um, again, thank you very much for coming on. Um, that has been your episode of Copper and Fracas. Um, I have been your host, Chris, joined by Fahi and Mike, and we'll see you again soon. It was a pleasure. Stay healthy. Okay, so that was a short snippet from our interview with uh, Bill's head of football, Christian Fork. Again, for the full access to that interview, please head over to our Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas. And from as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to this show and a whole host of other content. Uh, but that has been it for this week's episode of Copper and Fracas. Again, as a note, we will have our joint show with the Mugger Mafia um, on Friday, a time to be announced. But that will be uh, announced on our Twitter um, uh, page, so keep your ears locked on the street for that. But until next week, we will see you soon. Network.